live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars podcast, and this is also our ghost documentary series as well. So we have three hosts tonight. We've got myself, we have Thomas, and we have Ben. Uh, welcome, gentlemen, and I'm fucking stoked. It's always a good time when we talk to the great Chris Matthew. Thank you, buddy, for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me back on. Looking forward to this. Let's get weird. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. It's always a good weird time, man. I love it. So how you been, man? Uh, I, I can't complain. I am busy as shit as usual, uh, producing a bunch of podcasts as well as my own. And um, hopefully with uh, the Lord's help, we may get some funding to get a little bit further along in our docu series. We got a little bit of uh we got a little bit of filming and production done last year but not as much as we wanted. We did get some new equipment which was much needed. So hopefully we'll be able to take that equipment out on the road and apply it sometime this year and hit the road. But we probably won't be able to do that till after the worst part of winter ends. So um yeah, we got that going on and just a shit ton of shows and always new wonderful guests coming on to to share their insights. Hell yeah, man. I've never noticed is is this the first time I've seen a guitar in your background? Do you play? I've Oh yeah, I've I've been playing since I was like 10 years old. I actually grew up in punk rock bands playing around New Orleans and shit, and I need to play more, but you know, I just get so swept up in this shit and I always say that and never do, so Dude, Thank my honey for not doing know it. that that side of Chris Matthew. You should <laughs> fucking put out some videos of you just like throwing like slapping that. They're out there. Guitar. They're on you. Yeah. They got a few of my um of my uh, yelling on stage and playing guitar days. Uh, you just have to find the stuff. Hell yeah, yeah. All right, well maybe I'm the one missing out. Yeah, I'll have to go dig deeper into that. Cool man. Yeah, I'm stoked to have you on here, and yeah, I really I'm excited to to watch some of your docuseries so i'm really hoping that you get the funding for that and that shit goes well thank you sir yes we hope so too but um yeah i mean and then i just did a, a recent episode explaining different ways people can help out with that and uh just for the audience if you would like to help out in any way you can email me or we have a donation site supportfkn.com so thank you fuck yes dude fuck awesome. yes and I've been the worst at like self promotion myself. Like I'm literally, I've been talking about starting a Patreon for a year, and I'm just filling it out right now. I just filled in the bio for it. So uh, look forward to that, folks. If you guys want to help us out too, we will have a Patreon by the end of the week. I'm gonna Thomas hold me accountable. Yell at me if I don't. I'm the wrong person. I mean, I, I've got one set up, but I've got a folder just full of stuff, like all the all the crazy memes that I send you. That are for like Nate's eyes only. That might end up being Patreon only soon. It should be, man. Yeah, man. You, you know what's funny about? Fire. I had a Patreon and it's still there, but I lost the password. I don't remember what email I signed up for. And this was back in the day, and I just stopped using it. But we had like thirty or forty people that subscribed to our Patreon, and we still have people donating to the patreon but i can't get rid of it i'm trying i've been trying to tell people on random episodes don't donate oh. on the patreon anymore we don't we can't access it anymore we still get random donations and we don't even offer people anything on the patreon so i feel bad about that so please don't donate on the patreon anymore there's other Unless ways to support us you just want to 
give to support Christmas. That's right. Unless you just want to have a a wonderful heart and give, but we're trying to get that bitch unhooked anyway. So just a fun segue. (laughs) Well, uh, also, um, the FKN network is growing, man. I, I love the legit bat. I love Joe and Jen. And I see that they're over there now too. So that's fucking cool. So yeah, man, it's Rolling, it's it's great. It's things. fun. I love I love all the people we're working with. It is a lot of work. Hopefully, with any luck, within a couple of years, possibly we'll be able to have some more people helping us out on our team. So it's not just me and my assistant producer scrambling to get everything done. But yeah, I love everybody on the network. We're putting out some some great content. Everybody's growing, and we are putting the uh, additional shows addition uh, added to the network kind of on hold for now until we are able to catch up with everything because we've got so much work now and especially upcoming with the docu-series that we're barely able to to keep up with all the promotion and stuff we're doing but yeah it's it's growing it's wonderful and um yeah check it out forbiddenknowledge.news you can access all the the great podcasts there how many total shows are you up to now roughly? we have 10 shows now nice yeah fucking a. awesome i love it man all right. That's more than you'd even have day, like hours in a day if you were to listen to like all of them and try to edit them one day, right? It's probably more than 24 Yeah, hours luckily I, I, I let all the podcast hosts do most of the work for their own shows. You know, I may upload a couple if the, the host needs any help with that. and But I do all the promotion on like social media and stuff. So that alone is just, it takes up a lot of time. So, but it's it's a blessing to be able to do this though. Yeah, man. <clears throat> so where are we going tonight uh <laughs> i want to hear we have a very rough stories, man yeah man I've, we've got a very rough outline uh you know <laughs> myself i never come in too structured because if even if i try i'm not gonna stay on the fucking so i just kind of let the adhd run the fucking show and that's just what well, we're doing we're bad. doing paranormal right we're doing paranormal. Yeah, I, I got uh, a couple super bizarre random questions that popped into my head today. But uh, yeah, we should probably start off with something else, but we'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> I have well, no. I mean, don't forget them. Have them written down then. So. No, I, I got them ready okay. for you. Good. <laughs> They're a little so, off the wall. So, Chris, let's, let's just start with what do you think about ghosts, man? Ghosts. I uh, I think that there's something to it. I couldn't tell you exactly what it is. I don't know if it's a residual energy or some sort of intelligence or consciousness behind it of actual departed people that are in a different realm or afterlife or something that we understand along those lines. I do think that it is highly possible that we could interact with those type of of energies or intelligences. But personally, I've never had any direct uh, experiences with ghosts or hauntings or the paranormal. I've had a couple of very interesting, unexplained experiences. We could get into that a little later if you want. Um, But I, I did actually go to, have you heard of the Myrtles Plantation in Louisiana? It's like supposed to be the haunted, most haunted location in Louisiana. 
went to a plantation house. It was pretty cool. I went, uh, I went spend a night over two nights over there in hopes this was before I started forbidden knowledge news, um, or right after I started forbidden knowledge news. It wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't making a living off of this or doing this as full-time a gig at that time. It was probably just a hobby, but I went there and in the hopes of, you know, catching ghosts. But at this time, I, I wasn't the least bit spiritual. I was half as believing in a lot of this stuff. You know, like I said, Forbidden Knowledge News was more of a fun hobby. And I didn't have my true awakening experience that led me uh, down a more spiritual path. But, you know, I was smoking weed and, and drinking the whole time I was there. So I probably shut myself down to anything that I could have perceived uh, at that place that night. So I had a good depends, time. Yeah, uh, it depends what you think about that. Cause sometimes that might open you up to stuff. Well, yeah, I, I, for, yeah. I, for me, it, it should, I probably shut me down because I know that I'm, I'm definitely more sensitive, especially after I had my first, what I call contact experience or, uh, spiritual contact experience, which I believe I've told on this show before. Um, but I, you know, we can touch on that too. But with this, uh, yeah, I'm sure that I shut off everything. And But I did take some pictures that were pretty interesting that I didn't realize until like weeks after when I was looking at the pictures. I, I caught uh, what looked like a woman's reflection in one of the, the paintings that was not in the room with us. And that was kind of I couldn't go back and examine and. I don't remember exactly who was in there, so I couldn't tell you. But it was it was an interesting picture. But that's the only thing that we got from that. But I did have experiences of sleep paralysis that at first, you know, whenever they were at the time they were happening, I just took the mainstream explanation that it's just you know some medical condition that you, when we're in a certain state of sleep, we have these perceptions or whatever, blah blah blah. Well, I used to have very bad sleep paralysis, and this was during the time, um, this was way before I started Forbidden Knowledge News. I was uh, going through a divorce from my first marriage, and it was a pretty bad situation. I was in a bad state of mind. Uh, I was depressed all the time. I couldn't sleep at night. So when I actually did try to sleep, I'd get into these paralyzed states, and it literally seemed like they had a, a, a fucking party going on in the next room with shadow people. I saw shadows walking down the hall. I, I sounded like people were, were talking to each other in the other room. The scariest part was I'd hear these loud ass banging noises from my ceiling like something was trying to punch through it. And it would get louder and louder until I just blah, snapped out of the paralysis and was like, what the fuck was that? And this happened for so long. Until I got through the divorce and got into myself into a better state of mind where I wasn't depressed all the time. And then it just kind of all stopped. That was really my only kind of what I now look back and say, yeah, that was probably some some kind of uh, darkness going on there or some kind of I believe there is some kind of doorway there whenever we're in those types of sleep states. I had a guest on. Uh, I'm going to remember her name later. Probably. I can't remember her name right now. She's going to be back on to, uh, soon too. And she is an expert in sleep paralysis and she's wrote a couple of books on this and she was doing some interesting experiments on herself when it comes to sleep paralysis. Cause she suffers from this often and she believes it is 
some sort of a spiritual experience where we're accessing different, we're, we're perceiving different realms. And she would, she would have, she would uh, do different experiments where she would sleep with or without a sleep mask on and see what the different results were just to kind of play around with it. And it was very interesting when she had the sleep mask off, she'd have these terrible nightmares and visions and weird things that she'd see and very colorful dreams and things like that. But when she'd have the, the sleep mask on, it, you could see an overlay of the sleep mask black. She said she could just see an overlay of the sleep mask, but behind it, she noticed her dreams were going on and as some sort of like projection behind the mask, which was very interesting. There's that opens up all kinds of questions and she's looking into simulated reality because of that. So that's a, that's a very interesting concept there. So I think there's something to sleep paralysis. Definitely. Uh, when it comes to the, some of those experiences. But other than that, it wasn't until about two and a half years ago that I had my first really profound, what I understand is contact experience with what now I, as I, I understand is my spirit guides. You know, I may have a different understanding later. Um, at first I thought they were aliens I was talking to, but because I actually... Uh, was nurtured the relationship with the spirit guides through different means, through meditation, through psychedelics. Uh, it, it was, it was actually, I was actually able to follow the directions that they, these, these entities or intelligences, or maybe my deep subconscious, but I really don't think that I think it's so much more than that was able to guide me to where I am now by just letting me know different things that I can do to achieve this. And, by listening to these little voices for, that I had conversations with in meditative states and psychedelic states, I'm able to, you know, actually achieve all these goals and, uh, you know, wonderful things happened. So uh, I think that there is also something to a, a being connected through altered states and that we do have the ability to interact with different intelligences in different spectrums through different ways, uh, through different altered states, or just uh, if these intelligences feel that, I, I think that if they feel that we are ready or they want to have an, an interaction with us, then maybe they may, might manifest themselves to us. Uh, but if you want, I can get a little bit deeper into I had a very profound psychedelic experience and uh, I, I compare it to a couple of my other guests experience that really points to that. There's something more that is happening when we are in some of these altered states, uh, not just hallucinations that some, we are possibly accessing something more. And I can get into that if you want to. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. I'll just touch on that a little bit. It's just that just the whole idea of um, because the only time that I've ever had like real kind of interesting kind of experiences. And I and I myself am a Christian and I'm kind of afraid of the idea of ghosts. I'm kind of afraid of the idea of demons and things. So I'm telling you with my bias that if I have some sort of experience like that, my logical side of my brain will take over and will immediately try to find some sort of logical explanation for what happened. And so like, I'm still going to have to go through a lot of things that, you know, have happened to me and try to, 
you know, try to dig through them a bit. But like, I have had some interesting experiences as far as just like the sleep paralysis goes. And like, um, I felt like an entity like tried to grab onto me and come back with me when I, when I was asleep. Like he was trying to come back through me and with me. Like it, it, there's, I've had a few odd experiences with the sleep paralysis stuff, like waking up and seeing it being over me, you know, that, that sort of thing, like a black entity, you know, and uh, do you guys know if there's a way stuff. to like, um, like invoke sleep paralysis? Like if you wanted, not that you would want wow. to, but if you wanted to that. actually, yeah. no, uh, sleep paralysis, how would you do you're it? Supposed to be I able have to just a lay back and not fucking, I have some. Thing thoughts about this yeah um the way that sleep paralysis from my understanding is it's the state right before you have an out-of-body experience or an astral projection basically your body is asleep but if your mind is awake like let's say you wake up out of a dream that would be a lucid dream but then you make the dream stop and you're actually in Let's say you your consciousness is now in the astral plane and you're still in your body, though. And that's why you feel paralysis like you can't move. But uh, I'll tell you, I, I've had that happen to me a couple times. And the only time I have ever had an out of body experience. It, I, like I woke up out of a dream, but this time I wasn't paralyzed. Like for whatever reason, I felt like I couldn't move around. And I actually... I'm not kidding you. Like it, this was not a dream. This is not a hallucination, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to astral project now. So I float up like a couple feet. And then at that point I just got kind of terrified and it was over and uh, I got shot back into my body. And, uh, but absolutely like as far as inducing it, like, you know, you can train yourself to have an out-of-body experience, I believe. Uh, it's not easy, like, because you have no, to... I, I mean sleep paralysis specifically. There, not an OBE, not astral projection, but yeah. if I, like, right, want right. to experience, like, waking up but not waking up, because that I, sounds like something one specific. One specific way of doing that is if you literally lay in bed... I mean, you could probably, like, take a melatonin or a fucking, like, sleeping pill, too, to kind of help you fucking get into this. And you literally lay there and you trick your body into thinking you're asleep. Like you have to not fucking move a muscle. And all right, of a sudden yeah. you'll feel the heaviness come on you. Like you'll feel yeah. it feels like a weighted blanket just got chucked on you. And that's literally your brain uh, dropping whatever fucking chemical that is that like puts you into actual paralysis while you're sleeping. So you don't get up and like, I don't know, go fuck the neighbor because you're horny. Like in your dream or something. Or Does like... that excuse work up for you often? <laughs> well, dude, I mean that's kind of the excuse Roseanne tried to try to give. She was like, "Hey, I took those pills and like I was tweeting while I was asleep, you know, and it didn't work for her, oh, but you shit. know, they still canceled her ass. Uh, yeah. It's too bad." So Ambien, uh, the answer is Ambien. Ambien, yeah, man, yeah, man. But I don't know how much you hold on to that. You got to have somebody have like a camera following when you do it. But yeah, so you can literally do that and you will start to, and then all of a sudden your brain is going to drop that DMT that your body is going to drop those, those chemicals and you're going to start dreaming, but your body is still awake. Like your head is, your mind is still awake and your body can't move anymore. And so you can put yourself into that position and it is pretty interesting. And what I was going to say, Chris is like, 
like you're talking about uh, that sleep paralysis and maybe it being something real. I mean, it, it, to me, it's it's fascinating what they're doing right now. I think it's in uh, the University of London. They're doing those DMT uh those they're doing those DMT uh, studies right now where they're taking all these university students and they've figured out a way to put people under like the high, like the highest you can be under, like when you just smoke DMT, right? You're, but you're only high for like 20 minutes, right? But you know, that fucking peak when you're there, they've found a way to do it by, by giving it to them intravenously. They're holding them in, in that place for like an hour. And so then they're trying to get them when they come back to like map the place. Like they want mm, them to like yeah. map, like, uh, and they're actually doing it. And that's the crazy mm. thing is that like, they're seeing the same locations. They're seeing the same like symbols. They're seeing the same structures. They're seeing the same entities and describing things. And it's, it's really fucking fascinating. And to me, like, when you're asleep and your body drops those same chemical, those same chemicals, like I think it is shooting your ass somewhere, you know? And well, I, I think that there is something actually real to it. I have to, to lob this grenade in here too. Throw oh, sorry, it, buddy. Ahead, uh, all I was going to say is like, to me, I think that there, it does for me, for myself, at least, you know, I, I'm not a fucking scientist, whatever, but to me, it lends to the belief that there's something real when you're actually dreaming and that you are encountering possibly something real when you're having these, um, this sleep paralysis that I think that there, that you might be actually having some real experiences. And like Ben said, you're sitting there, your body is asleep, but your mind is in the astral realm. And that's exactly, fucking fascinating, yeah. man. Like, okay, throw that bomb, buddy. What, what, what do you say? Because well, you keep you keep mentioning DMT, and and I agree. Like, there's like the machine elves and the DMT gnomes and all of these different entities that people tend to sort of like. There's a consistency that makes it really interesting, and that's kind of where I uh, first opened my eyes. Where I remember I was probably in middle school, and you know, someone someone gave me something, and we both start seeing the exact same thing. Like, we wouldn't even say it, and it's like there's a blue demon with three horns, and that bush over there. And like, but I wouldn't say that until we're both running away. And then like my friend would be like, dude, did you see a blue demon with the horn? I mean, just like making some, you know, paraphrasing some of that, but it just kept happening over and over and over. And there's a joke on the other side of that with like the stone dude. That's like, I think I can talk to my dog telepathically, you know, but somewhere in the, the middle of those, I think there's some truth, but the one that I, mm -hmm. I find the most fun to talk about because it's the least fun to do is a uh, salvia divinorum because that one probably affects specifically the, the brain center yeah i saw chris that. make a, a face there <laughs> because i mean to me dude it's that's like when you start up the game and it's the person that goes right to like the like nightmare boss mode like i don't even care what easy <laughs> mode is let's go right to boss mode uh, but man I, I think that that one in particular needs the most amount of research of people sitting down and saying like okay here's exactly what i saw here the here's the exact themes here's the things that i felt here was the progression from sort of the sober world into this completely disconnected place. And then on the way back, cause that's kind of been documented in DMT and LSD and psilocybin and mescaline and on and on and on. But salvia has a lot less of that. And I think it, again, it's because it's less fun to do, but I think that's all the more reason why it's so absolutely interesting because that one has the most similarities from P and I, re I swear, I remember people that have never even seen it or heard of it before 
like what the hell are you talking about south salvia what you know and they think it's like a, taking a bong rip and all of a sudden someone that has never even heard of it is talking about a lady or a shepherdess or some like lady that's telling them or like, little creatures that are saying here come with us or coming up to a door and realizing like you don't have the key to open it or it won't open for you or you're like pushing against it like all of these things are are so specific and similar in theme that like i'm convinced that there's yeah there's like some other realm that's represented in things that our meat space puppet brains can only recognize as little doors and gnomes and ladies but there's there's something else there yeah i'd have to agree man i've um I might as well get into some of those uh, comparative experiences that I was talking about with psychedelics. Uh, I don't know if I've told any of these on uh, the show before, but I'll, I'll try and keep it brief. I had a guest, uh, Steven Snyder, a.k.a. Recluse. He's a great author. You might have uh, had him on or, or read some of his books before, but he was telling me about a psychedelic experience that he had on psilocybin mushrooms and this is what i have commonly used as well and just like myself he said that 90 percent. he's you know had many psychedelic experiences 90 percent of his experiences never really have these profound uh visual experiences or hallucinations it's mostly like you know it's very colorful things might breathe a little bit it's you know you get the tracers the common stuff well, this was towards the end of his experience. He was going to, he, he had something to do at a children's party. And when he walked in, he not only saw the kids everywhere having a good time, but he saw like seven foot tall gray aliens walking around amongst the kids, like examining them and looking like they were doing some sort of experiments. And they would notice him and look at him like, you're not supposed to fucking see us. And they all look concerned and they all start communicating with each other. And like, he's like, what the hell's going on? You know, I'm supposed to be coming down. And it that itself just it you know it was such a he said it was such a, a real and visceral experience that it was in no way representative of any type of hallucination he's ever had before and it was very profound for him and i compare that to my experience that i had uh, same thing for me i am a psychonaut i uh had dozens of lsd and many more uh, psychod um, psilocybin experiences i used to grow mushrooms i'm in colorado it's legal here now so uh, i often partake and do what i call vision quests and i uh, most of the time i spend the whole time in meditation speaking with what i understand is my spirit guides and they're mostly just beautiful experiences i very rarely have any what you would call bad trips and if I do, it's just all internalizing. It's just stuff that I need to work on. And I'm just like, fuck, I need to work on this. And I get all upset and I work through it. And it's a good trip in the end. You know, that's the extent of the, the, the I guess, terrifying aspects that I've ever had until this one time. And this was, this was just a few months ago, actually. Um, it was with uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine. And we were doing a uh, session where we would go back and heal some uh, childhood trauma that I would have. And she works, she used to, she was a uh, psychic medium. She does this for people. She was, she was helping me with this and she helped me locate some uh, severe childhood trauma and experience, walk me through the whole experience. 
and told me that there was a spirit attachment attached to this experience to me. And, you know, at this time, I'm just, you know, kind of going through all my spiritual awakening. Uh, I don't necessarily believe in spirit attachments, but I'm like, okay, I'll go along. Maybe this is something, you know? So she goes through her little thing to finish walking me through this uh, past, uh, this uh, childhood traumatic experience. And I, afterwards, I go through the whole thing. I'm crying, but afterwards I feel amazing. I'm like, wow, this, this was really something. And she was like, yeah, the spirit attachment, um, I'm not sure if we got rid of it. It's, it seems to be hiding. <laughs> so uh, a few minutes go by and we're just talking and I'm like thinking, didn't get rid of it. And then all of a sudden, this is when uh, things got a little weird. She's, she's talking and the things she's saying get stranger and darker and weirder. And all of a sudden she's like, you know. I found you many, many decades ago. I attached myself to you. I helped you grow. I helped you learn. I helped you to become who you are. Do you love me? Are you going to stay with me? Are you trying to get rid of me? And as she said that, I shit you not, she shapeshifted into like a seven or eight foot tall reptilian creature. And it was the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. And nothing like this has ever happened to me through any type of psychedelic experience. And not only after that, I turned to walk away and not only walk away, run away from this thing, which was my girlfriend before. And my whole entire house shifts, turns into like a dungeon. I'm looking out the windows, there's blood red sky, there's bars on the doors. It's dirty, it's dingy, it's terrifying. And I just think I'm going to hell. That's it. I'm, I've died. I've died from a, a mushrooms poisoned me and I'm dead and I'm going to hell because I couldn't fathom anything else that could be happening. Well, long story short, I'm like freaking out. I don't know what to do. I like, fuck it. I'm jumping in the shower. I don't know what else to do. I just start running water over myself and I'm like, I like start praying. Literally, I'm like, God, help me. What do I do? And as soon as I start praying, this loud, like rumbling voice comes from like inside me and says, you're being deceived and like rattles me, shakes me. And as the same time that's happening, I literally start to puke up black goo, like this black, thick oil, crude oil looking substance that goes down the drain and of the of the bathtub. At the same time I'm doing that, my ex-girlfriend is outside the room saying she's doing this meditation and she said she saw an entity, the, the, the reptilian entity, she's calling on her archangels to get rid of it. You know, I, I didn't believe in any of this stuff, but after what happened, you know, I had to, the whole room just shift I, normal. I wasn't even under the experience of psychedelics anymore. I was just out of it the the room was like so bright and beautiful and i was i felt amazing and i felt like this this strong presence in the room that was like beaming love at me and you know i i finished puking up all this black stuff everything goes back to normal and i feel amazing and that's another one of those just crazy things that makes me think that there is something that was linking my perception to the other side. And I think whatever the spirit attachment was, it basically took over my entire perception of things. And that's how I was able to see that I was in a dungeon, that my girlfriend was, my ex-girlfriend was a reptilian. So yeah, man, that was a pretty intense experience. And it makes, you know, makes me think there's something more to that. Hey, Chris, thank you for sharing oh, that. Man. That's fucking, that, I mean, from a Christian perspective, I've definitely felt those same sort of things. It's like we 
in like in the Christian, like people don't think that Christians are very mystical, but and like outwardly we aren't, but like they they can get pretty woo woo, man. I mean, I came from like a pretty Pentecostal background, so like we get woo woo, and uh, dude, what we call those we call those spirit ties, and uh, and and like we literally have to go through like a ritual sometimes, like when you feel those attachments, when you feel those bonds. Like we go through almost like it's like it's almost like a spiritual surgery of like cutting those spirit ties, you know, and it and it's like through like deep prayer and meditation and you mm. cut those spirit ties. And yeah, man, I, I absolutely believe in those like attaching entities that like I mean, from a Christian perspective, I would call that like a demon uh, from a conspiracy kook like myself. I might also call that a reptilian you know, like, and, and you know, it could be the same thing, man. It, would exactly. it manifest it as yeah. like, I couldn't tell if this was, you know, I, I did, it didn't look like an alien to me. It looked like a demon, but it had scales and like big yeah. teeth. It just looked terrifying to me, you know, like from Christian lore, there's like mm. different ways that these like beings can become attached to you and they can, they can come become attached to you like through like trauma and like, or through like ancestry, like through like something that fucked up that your dad did. Yeah. Like basically like through it, it carry, it can carry these spiritual ties can carry through uh, like generations. Like, Let's say your grandfather was like a fucking like a, a rapist murderer or something terrible. Like there can be these spiritual ties that like and like and scientists might even like call this like ancestral trauma, like things that are like passed through genetically, like this trauma that can be attached to you. Um, um, and it's fascinating, man. And then if you're woo -woo like us, we might call that like a spirit tie or we might call that like a, yeah, it's just, it's fucking fascinating, dude. And, are and are we talking really hero is... dose here? <laughs> this was no man. This was just like a couple grams. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Never have I ever, you know, and I, I do, I do hero. I do up to five, six grams sometimes. Never have I experienced anything like that. That, that kind of thing most, is exactly why I'm scared to do mushrooms. Oh, buddy, <laughs> don't be afraid of doing mushrooms. They're you not for everyone. I tell you, I don't. I wouldn't recommend them to anybody. I mean, they have been amazing for me and my spiritual journey. It's been like the best therapy tool I've ever had. Yeah. It's like a therapist in my brain at all times, under the influence at least, pulling up the things I need to work on and shoving them in my face until I face those things. So it's, it also it's doesn't require me. like a chemistry degree. You don't have to deal with anything shady. If you want, you can like see the whole thing come to fruition, yeah. start to end, know that it's all in a sterile environment. And then you can even just like take the tiniest little nibbles, you know, like eat a couple like uh, aborts first and then work your way from, from the aborts into like just the little tiny like, guys. The grass and, yeah. looks a little bit greener and has like a little bit of like you can see a little light in the grass like what is that yeah you can, and... you can feel the little bit of life like you could like holy shit the grass is alive like i know that but i walk on the grass all the time it's it's a fascinating thing man it's a spiritual like it's just like putting like your spiritual antenna up a little bit for me at least i don't know how to explain it more than that it's just like you like i remember oh man the first time i i did mushrooms like I, I was connecting with everything. Everything was alive. I could feel like a spiritual like uh, component to everything. I remember I found a tennis ball 
and I like attached to this fucking tennis ball. And somewhere I think I still have that fucking tennis ball. Like I just <laughs> took it home with me. I was like, this is this is my friend now. It was almost like fucking Wilson, you know, and like uh like Castaway, that fucking horrible Tom mm. Hanks movie. It's not a th- terrible movie, but uh do you know that do you know I, I swear to god I thought fucking Tom Hanks was the kitty fiddler, but talking to Ryan Dawson, he says that he wasn't on the Epstein flight logs. I don't know if Tom Hanks is a diddler anymore. And he told me that I shouldn't worry about Tom Hanks being a diddler. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't know. it's hard to keep up with who's honest. diddling in Hollywood, who's yeah. diddling kids. <laughs> but anyways, that's off topic. Uh, mushrooms, uh, mushrooms for me, that's the ADHD, sorry. Uh, mushrooms for me are, it, it's just kind of like, a, yeah, man, I, I guess it's just kind of like turning on, like, putting a little antenna up and you can just feel things and i i guess like most of the time like chris said the scariest thing is just that you have to go through your closet a little bit and you kind of have to deal with some shit that you've got like hanging out in a box in the back of your closet that you're just fucking ignoring you're like this is an issue like and the funniest thing is, like, for me, I can't go into it say, I want to work on this and focus on this. It'll never happen. Mm-hmm. It's always like, no, you're going to focus on this. And it'll bring up something, like, from <laughs> 10 years ago that I forgot about. And I'm like, no. So, yeah, they do whatever you, I guess, it's Your whatever you need teachers, best, man. you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Dude, how do you, I, I would love to hear you, uh, like, kind of, because you were talking about, because for me, Let's say I'm doing mushrooms. I want to be like out in the middle of the woods. I want to be near like a river. I want to be sitting underneath a tree. Mm. I can sit there and like I'm connecting with God. But the way you're talking about, you're talking to like you're meditating. Like tell tell me a little bit about like your connection with your spirit guide. Oh man, it is. I think I've told it on here before, but it it just all started with uh, meditation. I wasn't even using psychedelics when I first made what I consider contact, it was through a meditation and literally uh, I just was able to reach a deep state of meditation after trying to meditate for a long time with no success. And this was uh, about two and a half years ago, right before forbidden knowledge news kind of really, really took off there. And I was uh, in a meditative state. Uh, I was able to really go deep and I started feeling this amazing feeling of love and connection. And this psychic voice started speaking to me and I started speaking to it. And it was like instantaneous, amazing communication. And uh, I was terrified at first. And we just eventually it was just beaming these amazing it felt like a, a drug that i was on it was such like i thought i love my mom i thought i love my ex-wife but this was a feeling of love that i never experienced before the communication was instantaneous and it was like i was communicating with something else it was giving me uh seemingly knowledge in about things that i didn't know about things about myself also things about people close to me things about that i were going to happen in the future this was right before covid the whole covid narrative really blew up and it was just going to tell me that it started telling me the whole world would change because of this and i have to be ready and spiritually prepared and that i need to quit my job i need to quit my job that i hated this day job that i was working at the time and that was like the main message quit the job nurture the the podcast quit the job nurture the podcast and like 
this was a series of like um, a bunch of meditative experiences over a few weeks. Um, the next day was probably the most profound experience. I was told that water was a conductor for me during meditation. So uh, I went to meditate in my tub and this time I had a slightly very visual experience with this meditation. I could was closed. Every time I closed my eyes, um, these med I forgot to say these meditative experiences also when I made this connection, I wouldn't have to sit there still in a meditative state. I could get up and walk around my room and still have this communication going on. Same thing with this, I, but except I was in my bathtub and every time I did close my eyes, I would see what appeared to be um, like animal human hybrid entities that were beaming love at me. And this time the communication was with multiple entities. Uh, what I now understand is either ancestors or spirit guides that were just appearing to me as like little animal, beautiful animal human hybrids and etheric robes, beaming love and information to me. You know, you have to quit your job. You have to do this. You have to look into this. You have to read in this. You have to talk to this person. You have to uh, get rid of childhood trauma. That was a huge one. Get rid of all your childhood trauma. You won't be able to do anything until you get rid of your childhood trauma. Uh, and then also they suggested that for me, psychedelics would be a great way to have a, a, a stronger connection and contact with them. So I'm, I quit my job. I moved to Colorado. I started growing mushrooms. I started going on vision quests and having very profound uh, long sessions and experiences and conversations with what I understand is my spirit guide. Uh, I'd either just go in my yard or lay in the tub. The tub was an amazing conductor for me for information. I'd get such in, extraordinary downloads and I could actually channel the, the, the information into words that my spirit guides were telling me and I could record it. And uh, at first I hated playing that shit back because I sounded so creepy when I would talk and channel out this information. Uh, but I would just have to go back often and listen to it because I wouldn't remember a lot of it the next day. And it helped me just to get where I am today and everything, you know, uh, it was a profound journey ever since I made contact with my spirit guides. Uh, and I can still easily make contact, not easily, but I can make contact through meditation. It takes a lot more work, but with psilocybin mushrooms, there's no work. You eat the mushrooms and boom, they're there. Hello guides. Is there so, any downside uh, to that? Like, there's a lot of talk of like, if you, you know, that's, it's less pure than if you, you know, were to do it through meditation. Is that I couldn't tell you. I think that there, there's definitely some interference that comes along with the mushrooms. Like I'll get some other things that try to pop in there and communicate. I've never had anything like negative come along. It's all like information based, but I can tell sometimes it's not my guides that is giving me information, something else, you know, it'll have a different you feel order to a it. Pizza for four. <laughs> Yeah, man. So I've I've had some very interesting intelligences come through during different psychedelic experiences. Some that did seem very what you might consider alien, if just very intellectual, very strange information that I get, but all seemingly for my benefit. It all seemingly to guide me in a certain direction. So I don't know if I also had if we like also have extraterrestrial spirit guides that come in, like if it's a whole plethora of different entities that are connected to us trying to either steer us in this direction or that. Uh, you know, luckily I think I picked an okay direction to be steered into <laughs> from these guys. You know, I'm not a uh, out diddling kids or anything <laughs> go diddle that kid over there <laughs> yeah go diddle the kid
<laughs> I swear, I'm sorry. My spirit guide told me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. Uh, no, dude, that was really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, man. That's, sure, I mean, man. it resonated with me in a lot of ways too. I mean, and the way that I feel, I he, I connect with the Holy Spirit, and the way that I feel, uh, like I get a communication. Um, it was very much like that. That's really fascinating. And actually, when you were talking, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Scott Pace. You remember uh, the guy that we had? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where he was yeah, yeah. talking about he was having these like wise discussions with uh, with these Bigfoot, with the, with these entities that he was like talking to. And he's saying like at his house now, they'll just come and just like mind speak to him. And he's just having these like long philosophical conversations and like about and and also there's trickster ones like the young ones will like he says they're like hiding his keys and stuff and like uh, like messing with him and stuff. And but he has these like really deep, profound, meaningful conversations with these like ever since that one mind connect that he had with that Bigfoot with the Sasquatch, which is really fascinating. And because and what made me think of it, too, is because you were talking about these like animal human hybrids that you were speaking to and like because he was talking about mind speaking to the sasquatch and to the dog man you know and man that's it's just it is really fascinating and to me i was like it's just it's it's almost like what your mind will connect to right like for me i feel like i'm talking to the holy spirit i'm talking to god and for you you're talking to like your spirit guides you know and um and i remember uh I'm going to do an episode about this gentleman um, probably pretty soon. I just have to like probably write it down and gather my thoughts. I, there was like uh, a, a good friend that I connected with that was, that was homeless that God had told me to like, like pull your fucking car over, go talk to this guy, give him all the money in your wallet and tell him that Jesus loves him. And the first time, I was like, that's crazy. I'm not doing that. And I kept going. And then I saw him the next day and God was like, I told you to pull your fucking car over. <laughs> Go give him all the money in your wallet and tell him that I love him. God's and a potty like, mouth. And I was like, like, all right, God. All right. So like, and I was trying to practice like radical obedience at the time. I was like, if I feel God is giving me a message, I'm going to obey him radically, like whatever the hell it is. So I was like, okay. So I pulled over and, and we just started this beautiful friendship and, um, and he just recently passed away and I, and he was just a, he's a crazy guy. It's a big, beautiful story. And I kind of want to do an episode just based on him. His name is Anton, but um, just uh, that, listening to those higher whatever it is like quit your job quit that day job that you hate focus on the podcast quit your day job that you hate focus on the podcast and you took a bold decision man you moved to colorado you quit that day job and you focus on the podcast and look where you're at man you know it's just uh sometimes yeah. it takes that radical obedience and that leap of faith and sometimes I think people ignore those little, like some people might call it an intuition, mm. you know, or, you know, whatever it is, that's like your inner self, your inner being, your higher self speaking to you. Like, 
Now, I mean, I don't know. I'm not telling everybody to listen to the voice in their head. <laughs> Everyone quit your jobs tonight. <laughs> yeah. Write the email now and just hit send. Don't even think about just it. Just kill your fucking boss. He's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> you, you... <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm blessed. I, I am. I am grateful. I'm glad I did follow the the direction and my intuition when it came to that. Uh, and I, you know, I, I don't know where I would be if I would have just ignored those experiences. But I don't think me being the who I am and where I came from would have been able to ignore those experiences. And I have to thank a lot of people along the way. A lot of friends that I have, a lot of colleagues and fellow researchers that helped me along to help me understand what could possibly be going on. Uh, many people that I've spent hours talking to about this stuff that helped me get a little better understanding. And I still don't, I have no idea what's going on with it. You know, I don't know if it definitely is my spirit guides, if it's aliens, if it's part of my higher self or a deep, aspect of my own consciousness i i really couldn't tell you all i know is i'm glad that i listened to it whatever the hell it is so uh, chris yeah. i got a question um so yeah, yeah you, you seem to be like very like receptive and open to these types of things and these types of communication so like you said you go out in your backyard or whatever like have you noticed like since you started becoming open to this do you like get these types of sensations when you go out, let's say like a, some kind of darker location, or let's say you're traveling somewhere, you pick up on things like about certain areas or locations that like, I know does it I, carry I have, over. I have before. It's not something that, that regularly happens with, for me, ever since my first experience, what opened up for me is feeling energy from people being able to to read the energy from people being very sensitive to other people's energy and to different frequencies that are surrounding me at all to like i can't i used to i could used to hate going to walmart to begin with but now i cannot go into a walmart it's the combination of whatever type of blaring frequencies they're using in there and wi-fi and then nasty negative energy that people carry oh, i feel I like i want to throw up every time i go music. in there i am the same way i i hate walmart like i i cannot like i always used to blame it on the fluorescent lights but like there's something more uh, man yeah there's some kind of nasty energy in there and it's very overpowering for me i can't do it but several places like you know some of those those larger stores that have these frequencies uh and sometimes people crowds in general i can it gets a little overwhelming when i can feel everybody's shitty day or you know energy or, or strange feelings it's not you know i don't can't read thoughts but i can feel the energy coming off of people and i can tell if there's something fucked up going on with them because it, it oozes off and onto me and it gives me that feeling that nasty icky feeling uh like the other day this the this cashier just looked at me and the way she was speaking to me made me feel like she was in the deepest darkest place of her life and i just saw it in her eyes and i felt it all over the place and i felt so depressed for hours it took me a long time to shake that feeling and that was just from brushing next to this stranger in a store one day 
Well, not just any yeah. store, Walmart. <laughs> no, yeah. this wasn't actually Walmart this time. Oh, no, this was, okay. no, this was a dispensary. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I'm wondering, that. like, are there certain areas, like, do you think you can possibly, like, for example, a hospital, do you get overwhelmed in a hospital? Because Sometimes you know, I, I wonder. Been to a hospital since my experience, so and yeah. I'm sometimes going to I wonder, though, like if because I work at a hospital, and I, I know it's haunted. Like it's a super old hospital, and I just the way I would describe it, it's almost like the hospital drains your energy. Like I can't pick up on any specific things, but like just stepping foot in the building, you just feel like, oh my god, I have to take a nap but i i'm wondering if i were to get out of the hospital like is it dampening my psychic awareness because of all the overload that's going on in some kind of a location like that you think that uh i think more than anything frequencies frequencies damage your uh your receptiveness whatever you put in your body foods drugs certain substances all this alters how there you go how you're able to receive these different frequencies and all how much you can perceive just beyond the spectrum of what we normally perceive uh it probably gets either dulled or amplified depending on what type of yeah. uh, substance you're using or Frequencies surrounding you. dulls me, and I need that to dull me. Uh, <laughs> it's medicinal to dull me. Um, you know, I mean, something that you were just saying is just like when you're in a crowd and you can feel the energy from people. I've always had that. I've always been able to sense people's energy in, in every room. And it's never been a woo-woo thing for me. I, I would call it like emotional intelligence or something. But I can, mm. I can feel people's feelings in the room, and I can – like. I watch people communicate and I know what they're actually feeling and what they're both trying to say. And they both can't because they're like emotionally retarded. I, I my family is all emotional retards. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's fascinating. And what you were talking about, Ben, I mean, in Christianity, we call that discern uh, discernment where you can like literally right. feel the darkness in a room you can feel a darkness in a place or a location. Well, okay. That brings me to one of the questions I was going to ask you guys. So, like, let's take, like, a, any kind of, like, super scary, like, really dark haunted location. Like, let's say it's a prison, for example. My question is, like, why exactly do those spirits, if their spirits choose to stay in this dark prison, are they actually bound to this prison? Or do they choose to be there? Like, can't well, if you were a ghost, why would you stay opinion, in a horrible dark prison? Like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. What do you think opinion, about that? Well, uh, you know what, Chris is the guest, so he, Chris, you take this. <laughs> oh well, I mean, that's a that's a tough one because there's there's different theories on it. I don't really have my own theories. I love hearing different theories, and I, I've heard plenty. Uh, so is that yes, this is a trapped energy because. It may be because they were actually, they died there and that they're somehow trapped and they don't know how to exit. Maybe it's such a negative energy that's already surrounding the place that when you die, it, it traps you there. Maybe it is just residual. Maybe it's not actually that spirit, but an echo of the energy that was released from, from that particular death or 
or incident or whatever's going on there. Maybe it's all just uh, electromagnetic and different types of energies that are somewhat residual in different ways. I don't know. I, I do know that um, I've had plenty of different paranormal researchers on that have had different types of methods of discerning what is, is going on. And there's many of them that believe that this is that really this energy can manifest in different ways, but it's mainly electromagnetic in nature. And that a lot of it is a type of energy that's residual that is left over after a person dies. But I don't know. I think there's many different things that it can be. I do have a few really interesting um, ghost stories from different guests along the way uh, that that have had them. that I've had yeah uh, along the way. What one of the most interesting ones is? Uh, have you had James Keenan on? He's a uh, Utah Basin high strangeness researcher, Skinwalker Ranch area. I he's don't wrote it. You should try and get him on. He's uh, he's a great guest and he does a lot if he works with the guy, the guys out at Skinwalker Ranch. But this was before he was even a paranormal investigator or anything. He was a police officer and he went into he was he got a call to go into these people's houses. And this is one of those things to speak to is this residual energy is this some kind of spirit that's left over? This was some of the, one of the strangest and really most profound paranormal experiences I've ever had when it comes to the manifestation aspect of this. He gets called to a house and he has a partner with him. And uh, when he gets there, there's a couple terrified. And there's an upstairs and downstairs and the couple are like, uh, yeah, we got something going upstairs. You're gonna have to go look for yourself. We can't really explain it best. If you just go look for yourself. And he's like, all right. So he leads the way James leads the way he's going up the stairs and he hears, he starts to hear voices like yelling, yelling profanities and all these awful things and just screaming. And when he gets closer to the top, the voices get louder and louder. And he hears more and more voices like, is that the TV? What the hell's going on? His partner's right behind him. He starts to hear the voices. When he gets to the top of the stairs, he notices that the wall right in front of him is faces are pushing through the like hundreds and or dozens. I don't know how many lots of fucking faces pushing their way through the the wall, the wood paneling of the wall and moaning and screaming and yelling profanities and just all kinds of awful shit. And he, his partner got to the top. He saw it too. And they kind of looked at each other. And right when they kind of looked back at it, it all stopped. Boop, the wall went back to normal. And come to find out this couple was, uh, an abusive relationship. They were arguing on and off very often, uh, there may have been physical violence involved, and this had been going on for a long time, and it wasn't until after they moved in and started arguing and having all this negative energy come out that this started to manifest. So that is another aspect, energies. This negative energy may somehow open up a, a portal or doorway or stir up some kind of dormant energy that's already there. 
So that was that's a pretty damn creepy thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know if what I'd do if I saw faces coming out the damn wall. Yeah, yeah, I would burn the place down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, so I mean, my answer to what you were asking Ben earlier was like like the dark attachments like connected to some scary place like a prison or something. Uh, what I what I would suggest, in my opinion is something like where there are, where there's large amounts of misery and pain and torment and fear and stress i would say that that attracts these darker entities so it's almost like when you build a prison and there is rape and torture and stabbing and and just torment and as far as like someone being alone in a cell by themselves and just kind of losing their mind that sort of thing i think it attracts these dark entities that kind of maybe feed off of that type of emotions and things and so maybe those are some of those hauntings because it, it this is this would be my bias and i do have a bias um because as far as ghosts go like i do think all of this paranormal sort of thing is maybe one phenomenon but i don't i tend not to think that it's grandma coming back to visit you i think that uh sometimes there are spirits of opportunity that like you're missing grandma and you've been flipping through like grandma's old diary and you've been looking at her old pictures and maybe some of these entities go like i could be grandma for a while i could get some of that energy from you I I'll come talk to you. Like we we had uh, Chaz on not that long ago. Chaz of the Dead, love that mm. guy. Shout out to him. And we were talking about he was talking about how these aggregors were created, like through these these gentlemen that like made a character. There, it was almost like D and D sort of thing, where they like wrote a backstory, wrote like this guy's characteristics and everything about this guy, and then all of a sudden this entity started that entity that they created started communicating with them and started like talking to them. And like, it, they created their own haunting, their own poltergeist by creating this character. And I don't think they like, you can call that like that maybe they created with their energy or maybe they attracted something there and it took on those characteristics of this character. Like, I don't know what the hell it is. So like maybe these hauntings in these places are some sort of dark, just passenger that's along for uh i don't know man i this is just an idea that i play with in my head because i i tend not to think that like because i think that we are just beautiful spirits of light inside of this yucky little flesh suit why the fuck would we hang around here I, I don't know what happens. I, I, I'm a weird Christian that does believe in reincarnation, so I'm a bad Christian, I guess. But uh, I, well, I, I feel like we don't stick around here. I've I, got I, a couple of stories that kind of speak to that trickster aspect. I think about that all the time, that what you know, could be tr controlling a lot of aspects of what we think is paranormal activity could be all this one overarching entity that – interfaces differently with different people depending on their background or, or cultural upbringing or 
perception or whatever their consciousness can perceive at that time. But there's a few stories coming out of places like Skinwalker Ranch is just the, the prime example of all a hodgepodge of all sorts of paranormal activity, everything that you could ever imagine. And that's where we also find a lot of the connections with like UFO activity and paranormal activity. And I've actually got a few stories of paranormal activity that link up with UFO sightings. Uh, but that's, that's a little separate. But when it comes to the Skinwalker stories, have you had Ryan Burns on yet? can't hear i think you're muted nate thank you sorry no i have hey. not heard of him i said i'm looking these people up as we're talking i just added on james keenan as well so, so ryan burns is another great guest to have he has a property that sits on the edge of skinwalker ranch uh hopefully i'll be going out there on the documentary and spending some time with him uh but he he has this uh, ryan patrick burns ryan patrick burns he has okay. uh uh he does space wolf research center out there and this is just dedicated to the high strangeness he's got non-disclosure agreements with aerospace companies that go out there work with him do experiments of high strange shit look for stuff underground bring out magnetometers he's got this thing called an angel lamp have you ever heard of an angel lamp no tell me angel lamp like you were talking about earlier with dmt angel lamp simulates the effects of dmt within a certain radius so you put this machine on he like puts it in a tent in a certain area turn turns the machine on and like everybody intense tripping balls for you know under the effects of I that certain frequency yeah, yeah. These are expensive so, right these are oh, super yeah. expensive see he's got all the the high end yeah. high super super high tech equipment uh for for looking at some of this stuff and like i said he's working with aerospace companies probably making super jack working with them to um to try and figure out what the hell's going on they're probably weaponized trying to weaponize this stuff you know how they work but some of the things that he's seen over there man are incredible like just unbelievable stuff like lights that have no source that dance around and will interact with you in certain ways sometimes chase you but that's not the like some of the most terrifying things are he saw what he thought was a coyote walk out and then burst into a bunch of nanoparticulates and turn into a tornado and, and fly away. So that was, you know, that's pretty interesting when you see a coyote turn into mm -hmm. nanoparticulate tornado. Uh, he's, he had another experience where this, what looked like from a distance was a kind of security guard uh looking dude. He had a, what seemingly a security outfit, a little walkie talkie on his side but when this thing got closer, he noticed it didn't have any facial features. Its arms were changing in length, getting longer and shorter and looked like noodles. And the closer he got, the that stranger. Like art, Thomas. Yeah, he, the stranger, right. it would be like he would, his face was morphing. He started shape shifting. And then this thing started to act like he was calling in something on the, the walkie talkie. But the walkie talkie was like melding into his hand and stuff. And it just didn't. It was not right. And then it, it eventually they stood their ground and this thing just kind of waddled off backwards uh, into the into the darkness after a while. And he's had several experiences where physical objects will turn into what appear to be nanoparticulates or like dust or something like that and form something else. 
He's had people be attacked by dust monsters and uh, nanoparticulate things and lights and be chased by UFOs and disembodied voices that are telling people insane things or speaking in different languages. Uh, there's actually people that have gotten sick out there. People have gotten different type of cancers. There's high levels of radiation in some places. So that brings up all kinds of questions, man. Is is like the government doing some kind of weird fucking experiments with nanoparticulates and radiation and fucking with people out there with underground shit? Is this some kind of strange trickster that has overarching control over the area that can affect people's perception? Is it just is it aliens? You know, <laughs> I don't know that that whole area fascinates me. That's one of my favorite topics to look into because it's just just a melting pot of everything fucking paranormal. So what if this entity, man, what if it's trying to use some sort of like, let's say this is like early stages of Project Bluebeam. And they're like, they have this AI in charge of this hologram technology. Because like, I know Thomas does these awesome AI art. But like it fucks up the hands. You can tell. You can look at the weird little features. Like it'll have like six fingers. Yeah. yeah. Or it'll have like three arms or just some weird thing. So it's like it's like trying to pick up the the walkie-talkie, but its hand kind of turns into the walkie-talkie and kind of it's like I it's, think it's the it's same thing though, to, man. Because just like yeah. Chris was saying that there's reports of like the hands melding or like merging into things. In my mind, that's not necessarily a hand melding in anything. That's just your eye and your brain mm. doesn't have the technology to put together what it's actually seeing. Just like that AI is making a bunch of weird fingers and stuff. Yeah. Not necessarily because it doesn't know what it looks like, but it's just a lot of effort to like get through that whole process. That goes back to the possibility that whatever this is or these things are have the a capability to take over our perception or at least uh control it in some Which aspect can't really be that hard all you got to do is just blast light rays and then bam vision you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah and it's not like our vision is the pinnacle of any sort of technology our vision is going to be outdated and and you know sort of like it, our vision is gonna is gonna be like the 480p is just a reflection of light off of something so yeah you're exactly right thomas if it's like shooting light at us it's like it's trying to show us what it's it is it's hijacking our visual and something interesting yeah. here too man on, on some some nerd level but to, in order to model vision and do ai art you would think that it has to be like so smart and has to have like all this information it takes about seven gigs of memory to generate any any image you want art realism anything within like a, a decent sort of realm that's something that like gpt3 or like the gpt4 works something that they can actually communicate with you intelligently through language and context which images don't have to do any of that so they're actually to fool your eyes is the most trivial thing in the world but to fool your mind through logic for example, like the next level of GPT is going to is going to take something like 250 gigs of memory where it only takes about eight for visual. So you can fool the eye 100 percent perfect fingers, perfect skin texture, everything with eight gigs of equivalent of eight gigs of memory. But in order to actually trick your mind, it takes, you know, almost like 40 times that amount. Well, Chris, it also reminds me of like the last time you were on, you were talking about um, 
these uh, men in black and that weird lady that came and knocked at the door. And the one that ended up just like, it was like trying to have a normal interaction and, and almost they, she knew a lot. Like she had like some, like uh, she knew like maybe. Yeah. This was about um, Trey Hudson. He's an investigator and he's at a, this is another um, location of high strangeness. It's called the meadow. This place is in Alabama. It's kind of like an undisclosed location. And the, he had an experience with, it was like a lady in black. She was very well-dressed, came in, and she started asking questions about what they were doing. She knew a lot, a lot about him. She claimed she went to college with him and had some kind of relationship with him before, and he didn't know who the hell she was. But by the end of the conversation, she seemed less and less coherent and ended up pulling down her pants and pissing on the floor before she left the building. So it, it was just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. Now, I mean, because Thomas routinely breaks these chat GPTs. Uh, he sends me his victories, and they're pretty amazing. Uh, I don't think any one of them has pissed themselves yet, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, like yeah. that's, it, could it be some kind of, that goes back to, is this some weird simulation that we're in, and they're sending us some kind of NPCs, or the paranormal activity that we experience if, if this is like a video game and our avatars, we're, we're actually like spiritual beings outside or we're something else outside of this. We're controlling our avatars like a video game. The goal is to uh, upgrade our consciousness, uh, become more spiritually aware, exit the matrix, whatever. But we suck at it. You know, we're just doing awful so maybe we need to eat a mushroom. Maybe we need the mushroom is like the, you know, just like Super Mario gives us superpowers, allow us to see through things and, you know, beat the game in certain aspects, give us extra life. Uh, what if that's, you know, or paranormal activity is us outside throwing us a cheat code or, you know, we got to get this guy. He's not getting it. So let's throw him a profound paranormal or spiritual experience that will waking him up. And it's like you getting, you know, putting in a cheat code there that will give that person an encounter with an alien that says you're on the wrong path. You need to do this. You know, you need to better your life and all that. And they end up changing their path and doing the right thing spiritually and uh, theoretically winning that game of life uh, in the end. So I don't know, maybe that could be one of the aspects. I love looking at shit like that. You I know, think what's that fascinating. Oh, sorry, go, go ahead, ahead, Thomas. Sorry. Well, so I, I think that I've, I've heard an interesting version of that where we are in a game and we are avatars, but you're like the, the player is inside the actual game. You're not some outside thing. And the, the danger here is that your avatar can shape you. And I think there was like some research from Rene Descartes where he kind of claimed that your body and the trauma that you go through in this world actually, and then your prejudices, and if you're, you know, bigoted or if you're just like ignorant of certain things, depending on how strong those emotions are and those feelings are, can actually make an imprint on your soul that's inside. Like the little dude, the little spirit dude driving your body, right? The little homunculus. <laughs> Like if he if he's so entertained with what he sees or if he's so impacted by what he goes through in this uh, sort of like robot body or whatever, that makes this imprint so that even if it does reincarnate or jump into some other body, it brings all of that ignorance with it because it was like so profoundly uh, impacted by it. So it would almost be like 
if you were playing you know just video games and you just get jaded because like everyone just kills you and calls you all kinds of horrible things and tells you horrible things about your mom because you're just playing like xbox live and then all of a sudden you just turn into a nasty mean person in real life because people in fake life are treating you a certain way it's sort of like the same thing so there might be like an extra test here of don't let like you know don't let the outside world mold the inside world yeah dude i mean i think that's life in general because i mean i think that we're all tested and i think it is it's it's us man that makes those decisions on who you're going to be and how you're going to outwardly react to the input because i mean so many times we're tested like dude i I could tell you a story that would make you cry (laughs) like of like physical mental even sexual abuse i had as a child and things like that but it is it's how you roll with it man it's how you grow from those experiences and you can eat you can easily make yourself jaded and angry and bitter and hateful and And there's a chance you're doing damage that's so permanent that it carries over into whatever your next vessel yeah absolutely you bring that baggage with you you. hold that on to yeah it is and it is like man that's one of those things it's like you can either carry those things with you or like i took it really literally so i mean whatever people want to say about religion whatever you want to say about jesus or christianity and things like that that part of the bible when it says like forgive if you want to be forgiven like that whole like i i'm not going to forgive you if you're holding on to things and i took that literally as a kid and so i would take these like like i'll give you an example my mom's boyfriend was a piece of shit and would beat the living hell out of me and i would do things to get get back to him get back at him and things like that i would piss in his gatorade i would like i would do i do fucking things like that but like i would literally visualize <laughs> having to like forgive him And I would take this anger that I had and I would put it in a box and I would wrap it up and I would visually just like, like psychically, I guess, whatever you want to call that, like me handing this to God, because I knew that I couldn't forgive him. Like physically in myself, like in my flesh, I was too upset about it. I had to like psychically just sit there and hand these burdens, these angers, all this stuff that I was holding and I'd hand it to Jesus and he would take it away. And that helped me. And I, and I think that there is something to that. So, I mean, maybe you're not, maybe that's not Jesus for you. You know, that's not going to help you, but like there is something to uh, not holding on to those things and not letting those, because you don't have control sometimes over what is going to happen to you. Like you don't have like outward stimuli. You don't have full control over that, but you do have control over how you react to those things. And how you let it affect you. 100%. And I think visualization is a huge part of manifestation. Mm -hmm. If you can, if you can actually pick apart something in your mind, say like uh, you have a a traumatic childhood experience that keeps popping up for you and preventing you from moving along in certain aspects of your life. I heard it put greatly from one of my guests that if you just go back and dish either, like you said, you had different different visualization visualization techniques to eliminate either eliminate the trauma from that situation or even just get rid of that situation altogether. He suggested uh, it was kind of extreme, but blowing up the whole 
uh, memory, taking a bomb and exploding it yeah. so that where the memory doesn't exist anymore and just visualize that. Or like you said, put it in a box, hand it to God. There's all types of visualization techniques that we can use to heal childhood traumas. But not only that, I think we can use those to heal existing things that we have mm -hmm. in our life, like even physical things. Have to do it. If I think like a even, real cunt and like someone's yeah. a real fucking asshole. I'm like, all right, I have to forgive them. I'm so angry. I want to go over there and kick the shit out of them. And 100%. I'm not going to do that. I yeah. have to give it to Jesus. I do. It, it makes me a better person. Like at, in the flight, you know, it says like the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Like the, I'm a very logical, like kind person but if you mess with like my kid or something like there was some lady that like said something to my kid i called her a cunt and i got her in her face and i was like where's your husband i'm gonna kick his ass <laughs> and then i had to be like this is not christ-like i had to like go through all this whole thing and i had to be like i have to forgive this lady it's, <laughs> it's don't like, hate me man but this kind of yeah. sounds a little like sympathetic magic the same way that it you is. like i mean you it pass is. it off to the big man i mean you could say i i, I build a little uh effigy out of wood a little man yeah. and i burn the man burn in the middle it. of yeah. the forest and Dude, now we're I talking mean, about cremation of care it's the same how thing I, how i talk about a lot of the stuff what do you really call it? like high strangeness i'm i'm not excluding god from that like all of this is like this is all how we interpret all of these things. It's it's fascinating and it's really helped me become a lot less judgmental, you know, uh, because I'm like, man, everybody is dealing with the same shit, you know, and we all have our way of dealing with that shit. Yeah. And one more thing about the visualization aspect, something I've experienced personally is physical healing. If, if yeah, for an example, 100%. I've had I've I've had a I, he had a huge massive cyst that was filled with fluids on the back of my neck a few months ago, and I was told by a, a couple of brilliant guests that I've had that there are ways to to meditate and self heal and things like that with visualization techniques. For me, I visualized little gnomes digging out the pus and throwing it out. And I would spend hours just doing that visualizing gnomes digging out pus from the back of my neck and getting rid of it. One day I wake up and the, the fucking thing's gone. I said, not even the, the nodule, like it's, it was huge. And then it's just gone. Yeah. Uh, and other, several things I've, it was able to kind of heal and, and get rid of uh, certain sicknesses and ailments just by visualize. I use my little gnomes, my little gnomes will go to whatever area is ailing me and they will dig it out or they'll chip away at it or fix it or throw it away or seal it up or whatever has to be done for me to heal that area. And a large, most of the time it works for, for whatever's ailing me. And I think that's, you know, this, this visualization technique is a huge part of manifest manifesting many things, including self physical healing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely dude. No, I mean, I, I, I completely believe in healing and, and I do think, so much of it like so i mean even like if you want to go get all like atheistic with it and you just want to say it's like the power of the mind mm. and it's just it's you believing it and you are making it happen uh but i mean or if it's god or if it's manifestation or if it's little gnomes you know it's, gnomes, it's but it's real man it's it's 100 percent real you know and 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 i think that it actually takes something that is more Something that's more spiritual and and uh, than people give it credit for is something that's called faith, 
I think, yes, I think it's faith. It's belief. It's the power of our own creativity. Uh, the, the, like you were saying with egregores, I think the power of our own creative thought has immense creative aspects that we can actually create energies and possibly entities just by the power of our thought that it can affect the outside world. And that's where I believe a lot of what we understand as negative entities could possibly be just collective thought forms that we uh, in turn made into sort of like a real aspect or a real entity just by having this collective belief in it. So I think that's another aspect of that. Absolutely, man. Uh, I want to touch on something that you were talking about just a little earlier when you were talking about um, how this one gentleman, I, I have to look at it again. You said his name. He has like uh, NDAs with these. Uh, yeah, Ryan Burns. With these, yeah, with these like Fed boys that it, these these Fed boys, they come in. They, well, they're they, not necessarily they, you know, Fed boys. The aerospace companies, um, I mean, boys. I'm sure they, they have <laughs> they probably have associations with three letter agencies. But, you know, as far as <laughs> I know, that's how they get their funding. Yeah, they're yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's, no, it's all one fucking gross entity. Talk about Satan. That's that's the U.S. government. Uh, but <laughs> or what or just government in general, these like these. But it's fascinating to me is that like you've seen this more recently. They've been, but I mean, I guess they've been doing it since the beginning too. Actually, like you, like MK Ultra and all these different things. But you, you'll see these feds. They try to attach themselves to these things because it's almost like they don't know what the fuck is going on, and it's almost like they're trying to get a grasp on these things. Because uh, like even something like well, with Skinwalker Ranch, there's definitely feds there constantly. But like even like. Um, what the heck is his name? The oh man, the Bledsoe's, right? Right, they, Ryan or Chris Bledsoe, the yeah, the son yeah. and father that experienced all kind of yeah. crazy shit. Yeah, but like I've heard Ryan talk describe it. He's like, dude, the feds are over there all the time, or like trying to call, like trying, and they're always like, hey, if they if that entity comes, if you see those lights, call us immediately. And he's like, fuck off, <laughs> like, dude. That's another so fascinating. They're so curious. It's like. It's the feds are always trying to get up in that shit. Well, that's an, you mentioned, you know, they're calling on it. That's another huge thing that Ryan was talking about that there are groups of people, whether they're feds or just private individuals or organizations that go out there and do rituals. They call upon yeah. these entities. They try and open up portals. And from what he says that a lot of these groups are very successful in doing so. And he's seen some of the activity that they he's seen some of the rituals that these people are doing. So that they actually have, I believe, very powerful people messing with things that I don't think they they have even the slightest understanding of what they're messing with. And they're not only doing that, they're probably trying to weaponize this shit at the same time. Not good. Yeah, that weaponization, that control over something that like humans have no business controlling. I don't think we could if we wanted. I think that we've always tried, and I think it brings disaster. Um, yeah, I think that there's like natural forces or whatever the fuck these are. And the occult, I think, is always attempted to, or the folks that are trying to occult these type of knowledge, uh, they've always tried to control it. And I think it's slipping through their fingers, man. Yeah. I think that's, I think that 
this is just an opinion, and I don't know what the fuck's actually going on with these fucking weather balloons and them talking about fucking aliens and they're talking about UFOs and UAPs and whatever. I think some shit is actually happening, and it's happening so fast that they can't control it anymore. They can't control the narrative anymore. And they're just, they're trying their fucking hardest. And I think that they make a lot of these fucking UAPs and UFOs. And I think those are those little metal fucking things that they're shooting out of the sky. Cause I oh, think yeah. these real things, they're not getting close to. No, they, they no. Touch from what I understand, from what these individuals tell me that the phenomenon that, that is interacting is always like 10 steps ahead of whatever entity is or person is interacting with it. Or even if it, if they say an example, an aerospace company is making the technology utilizing some of this energy or what this, whatever this phenomenon is producing. Well, the phenomenon will then in turn take what they've made from it and make something, a display of something a hundred times better. And like, up their research in certain ways and stay ahead of their understanding of what is going on in ways that they will never be able to decipher. And things like that make me think, you know what, maybe we're just not supposed to know what the hell's going on. Maybe I we never will know. Cause we're not, we're just not supposed to. It's, it's not for us to figure out. I don't know. Yeah, man, it's all so fucking fascinating. I have no idea what the hell is going on. All I know is that I don't know shit. Yes, 100%, man. I'm right there with you. Yeah. <sighs> well, brother, do you? Uh, we're getting past an hour and a half. Do you want to share any more like, little ghost stories with us or, or any little lore or uh, any advice well, you have for us? One more little thing that's kind of interesting along the um, when we're doing crossover with like ET and paranormal phenomenon, I've had a few experiencers or uh, abductees tell me that they would they would have experiences with UFOs or they would see UFOs or what they consider extraterrestrials or they'd have an abduction experience, but around the same time that they'd have these experiences, they'd have poltergeist experiences. They'd have strange spirit appearances and manifestations and they, or they'd see dead loved ones or hear from dead loved ones. And there seems to be this strange, profound connection to what we consider paranormal or even the afterlife and what is happening with extraterrestrials for some folks. Some folks report, after having a UFO, a very close UFO sighting, and I forget this gentleman's name, he had a farm, and a UFO really got cl really close, uh, maybe a, a couple of hundred feet above his head, and he could smell what smelled like sulfur, he described it as, either sulfur or rotten eggs. And that makes me wonder if that's the kind of smell that these UFOs are putting off from coming into our atmosphere. It's a certain, certain energy that they're using. Or is this like demonic, like certain people think? Is this something that we completely don't understand and they're just manifesting as UFOs or aliens because that's the agenda they want to put out? That's the trick that they're playing on humanity is to get us to uh, to trust aliens or trust that, that it's UFOs when, when it's really deemed demons or are something else more nefarious but those type of connections be and crossover between these different type of phenomena is very interesting to me and that's where it it, it makes me think either 
we are in some sort of simulated reality or we're being deceived on some level, especially with the, uh, the government and media and three-letter agencies and all this stuff, all these entities now talking about UFOs. It's okay to talk about you. No, hell, we're shooting down UFOs now. I mean, you would think we would have a little bit more of a diplomatic approach if real extraterrestrials were coming, highly advanced civilizations coming to visit us on planet. We're going to be like, Oh, fuck it. Shoot them. You know, that that's how we're, that's how we're going to, to greet the extraterrestrials. I don't know. There's some, and ever since the UFO narrative started ramping up in the mainstream, I just, I, I check out more and more and do not trust and question the narrative. I still love the topic. I love talking to experiencers because I think they're the only people, well, the closest we're going to get to understanding, at least the genuine experiencers. But all the stuff coming out of the mainstream, I mean, they're shooting down fucking balloons and calling them UFOs. We don't know what they are. I mean, this is, it's so, it, it's, it's so, it's such an apparent operation. Why? I don't know. Is it blue beam? I don't know. But I wouldn't trust anything coming out of the mainstream narrative. But the real deal, there's something, I think there's something beyond what we could ever comprehend. And like I said, we're probably not supposed to know what the hell's going on. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. You said sulfur, and I just got to throw skunk ape in there too, because that's another <laughs> uh, example of paranormal kind of sharing that same uh, attribute as a lot of different things where we could be talking about the same thing. Yeah, yeah, Bigfoot's another one of those right. high strength UFOs things. leave a weird smell, demons leave a weird smell, ghosts mm. leave a weird smell. Maybe yeah. it's all the same weird smell because unless yeah. because I don't think there's ever been a a single sighting that involved, you know, ghosts and Bigfoot and UFOs and, you know, everything all together. So It's just a really gassy trickster demon. That's all it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just crop crop dust, then yeah, yeah. He just can't hold it in during these experiences. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you guys have uh, Ben or parent or Thomas? Do you guys have any more questions? You guys want to throw out there? Did you get no, all I mean, your questions in, Ben? Your uh, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I mean, thinking about all this stuff, like uh, you think about Skinwalker Ranch. And I think one of the early government scientists said, uh, Eric Davis said he saw a giant portal open and like some type of being crawl through. So that makes me wonder is like Skinwalker Ranch just the location of a some kind of gigantic portal where like all sorts of things, like whether it be a UFO or a ghost, can come through. And even like a smaller haunted location, is it just because there's a portal? And things can easily come through, I wonder. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, And also, let's say it's UFOs that use, like, a big kind of, like, portal at Skinwalker Ranch. Is that how they work? They just pop in and out of portals, and they can kind of, like, phase shift between locations, open a portal, drop in, drop out, disappear. I don't know. It just kind of, like, switchboard. interesting. I think there's uh, something to portals, man. I think there's something to wormhole travel and technology. I think that there is a different state of matter that we don't understand that these entities can pop in and out of our reality. 
by utilizing this state of matter and if that's forming portals or, or wormholes or something like that, I don't know. But I think there is something to popping in and out of these different dimensional realities that either this trickst one trickster entity or multiple entities know how to interact with and come in and out of. And I've even heard of Bigfoots coming out of there. So what the fuck? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. Yeah. yeah. This was all some solid, fun shit, man. I really appreciate your time, Matt. Or Chris, Matt. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Yeah, it was I've done a blast. that before. You remind me of my nephew so much. His name is Matthew. Oh, I couldn't uh, tell you how many times I get called mad. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, so let's throw some plugs. Chris, tell everybody where they need to fucking donate so that we can get an awesome fucking docu-series. Thank you so much, brother. Yeah, um, I, you da, 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 support fkn.com. That's just the easiest way you can donate. Uh, also, our producer, Corey Hughes, has his new book out, A Warning from History. Uh, I do get a small amount of the, the revenue from that, so that's a great way to help support as well. You can go to uh, jfkbook.com. Dot com, I believe I will send you the link to put in this description yeah, for that yeah. one because I, I will uh, I forget exactly what it is, but you can always get all our stuff on our website forbiddenknowledge.news. That's also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. That's where we feature all the other ten or so podcasts that we are featuring. Uh, we're available on all podcast platforms. We just got booted from YouTube, so no more YouTube. It was a long time coming. We're on Rockfin. Rockfin's awesome. Rockfin's where you get our premium content. You get all the premium content. You get realities ours. You get a bunch of good shit. So go subscribe on Rockfin. That's rockfin.com slash FKN+. We're on Odyssey, and we are now on Rumble. So you got all kind of choices that you can get us. So thanks again for having me on, guys. This was a blast. We'll have to have you, all you guys back on FKN soon. Yeah, we'd love to. Thomas, sure. you want to throw any plugs out, buddy? Yeah, man. We always, know. It's always <laughs> the uh, ParanoidAmerican.com comics, graphic novels. And if you go <laughs> just starting this week, if you go to the Paranoid American Instagram, uh, we've gotten into voice AI and video AI. And, and if, if it's AI related, then we're making spicy memes already. And they're, they're fresh off the uh, the press, man. So get them while they're hot. I get to see the behind the scenes and they're fucking fantastic. <laughs> it's something beyond X rated. If they're like whatever the thing that comes after X. <laughs> like an NC55 or something. <laughs> Ben, tell everybody your book, buddy. And tell tell everybody about our YouTube channel, our Anomaly Hunters. Well, uh, yeah, depending on where you're watching right now, you might be watching on our YouTube channel or That's on true. Reality's our channel. So, yeah, it's, uh, we have uh, Anomaly Hunters is our channel. Uh, just throw that into YouTube. It'll pop right up, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, um, if anyone wants to check out my book, the last dinosaur of the lost world. My search for little Nessie. That's uh, yeah, all about this crazy dinosaur that lives in uh, South America. Well, it's not technically a dinosaur, an aquatic reptile, I should say. 
a bunch of people have seen it. There's been all these credible eyewitnesses. Uh, anyway, my book is on Amazon if you want to check it out. Uh, yeah, that's about my only we'll plug right there. The, we'll put a link in the description. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, this was so much fun. Chris, again, thank you so much. You're, it's always a blast. We always have so much fun. We appreciate Definitely. you. We love you, buddy. Thank you, guys. We, let's do it again sometime soon. All right. Thank you.